Welcome to the first in the second series of Theatre of the World. I'm James. I'm Mark. And I'm Chris. And this first episode is called School. And so this is our back to school special. The saddest thing for me in the world was you're on holidays for what seems like ever when you're a kid over the Christmas holidays in Australia. And then just suddenly you're watching TV in about January and you get these ads from these stationery stores that talk about back-to-school specials, and it's like every time you saw one of those ads, it was like being stabbed in the scrotum. It's a terrible reminder. It's like your doctor calling you up every day to tell you you've got cancer. You You still have cancer. (laughs) Did you enjoy today? Because it's one less day. Mm. I think I was quite young, and and the wonderful world of Disney was on Sunday afternoons on, on... I don't know, seven. seven. Seven it was, yeah. yeah. Rather than enjoy the, the lovely fun cartoons, it was just a reminder that that was the end of the weekend. Yeah. yeah. And then, that's it, school tomorrow. You were one of those guys who spent all of Sunday thinking about Monday. Yeah. Yeah. You were. Yeah, that's kind of how I've approached my life, really. Yeah, I'm glad we weren't friends <laughs> <laughs> when we were kids. <laughs> you would have been yeah. a downer. A lot of people were glad they weren't friends with me. <laughs> oh, oh, no. This is going to be even more down than the Christmas episode. (laughs) Oh, fuck's sake, let's just get moving with the only comprehensible segment that we've ever come up with, Fact Bombs. Fact Bombs, Fact Bombs, Mark's got a Fact Bomb. Welcome to Fact Bombs. Hello. Nice to be here. (laughs) In Australia, the minimum school leaving age is 16. The minimum school leaving time is about 3.30pm or earlier if you feel sick or have a free period or something. The minimum school leaving gender is either. (laughs) Unless you go to a boys' school or a girls' school. Many people struggle with the difference in spelling between principle, a fundamental truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief, behaviour or for a chain of reasoning, and the principle of a school. One way to remember is that the principle is your pal. Unless, of course, the principal is an arrogant, ignorant fuckwad whose educational approach is to bully and intimidate children into submission whilst maintaining their own overinflated ego. Cool. (laughs) That section was very factual and I'm sure was a great help to any parents sending their children to school this year. That was literally minutes in the making. <laughs> yeah. It was it was like school. Yes. I had to do my homework at the last minute. I oh, always um I always used to do uh, my homework uh, on the train on the way to school in the mornings and then I'd get there and I'd go, oh, I should have done it on paper. Bang <laughs> I went to a to a school that had a really big school social. Like we we're a boys' school, so half the kids had to put on dresses, learn to dance backwards. No, so uh, we invited like all of these girls' schools in the area to come round, and it was this amazing social. It was like uh, the Beach Boys song, two yeah. girls for every boy, mm-hmm. and the school hall that was made to look like a sleazy disco. I wasn't in any way the suave genius that you see before you today. Yeah. I was really uh, an awful adolescent. Hick. 
emotionally. And, oh, oh, this still hurts my heart to tell. But I dressed what could only be described as the coolest I had um, because it was the early 90s. I put on a pair of jeans. Not too bad so far. Mm -hmm. I put on a black T-shirt. That's okay. A black suit jacket over the mm. T-shirt because it was the 90s. To be honest, I'm still rocking that look. Yeah. That's fine. That's a fine look. And bright white sneakers. Oh, yeah. But that's okay. Very of its time. Mm. I thought I looked as good as I was going to fucking look. Mm. And I'm literally out the door. I mean, i got to get a lift from my parents. But I'm literally out the door on the way to the school social. And my mother looks me up and down. And she says, well, you're not going out like that. It's a school dance, isn't it? I said, it's not dance. <laughs> We're not doing Pride of Erin. She said, no, 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 It's just you looking very casual. And she said, look, we're not going to give you a lift to the social unless you change those shoes because those shoes are not appropriate for a school dance. And I went, but I'm in year nine. I don't have many pairs of shoes. What kind you, of shoes? School shoes. Is correct. Oh, no. My mother said, go into the bedroom and put on your Clark's awful, boring school shoes. And I said, with jeans? Are you mad? And she said, no, no, no. Trust me. She said, when you get there, you'll be thankful for this. I had no option. I went and I put on my school shoes. And when I got to the social, it's really crowded and really packed. Everybody seems to be getting off with everybody else. And I'm literally standing in the corner, much like a person who is terrible and lonely. But there is one girl that I know is going to be at this social. And I, I, what's, uh, I need a pseudonym. What's her name? Uh, Stavros. <laughs> no, Stavros is good. Uh, her, her name wasn't, but that's perfect. Um, and she's really a beautiful girl. And I had met her because I, I did drama with her outside the school. Mm. And she's really kind of this, you know, that kind of, um, like she looked like she kind of belonged in the 50s, like nice. really pretty and wholesome and, you know, nice hair. And she's just pretty intelligent, cool girl mm. that I knew, Stavros. And she was going to be there. And I thought, well, it's crowded, but I'm going to try and find this girl because at least that's a girl I could talk to mm. and maybe kiss a bit on if she would let me do that. Mm-hmm. And so finally I find this girl who is dancing with a much better looking guy than me. And I walk up to her and I say as casually as you like, Oh, Stavros, you're high. And I shit you not, the first thing she says to me is, why are you wearing your school shoes? <laughs> and uh, I shot, shot down. I literally retired to uh, a different corner of the school hall and stayed there until my parents came to take me away. Aww. So, yeah. Mum, if you're listening, this is why you don't have grandchildren. <laughs> what yeah. you should have done is, uh, is when you got to the social was take your shoes and yeah. socks off and just walk around in bare feet and go, yeah, look, I'm, I'm eccentric. I don't I'm wear hippie. shoes. <laughs> I would have been hurt because yeah. there are people dancing. That would it would have been worth true. it. I hadn't thought of it, to be honest. <laughs> That's what I would have done. Fucking um, hell. That's good. Maybe we should have been friends when we were kids. <laughs> the, at- we would have been two loner freaks barefoot. <laughs> you would have been crying and I would have had bruised feet. <laughs> Come on, man. Take off your shoes. It'll be cool. (laughs) At most of the school socials that uh, I attended, I managed to wrangle my way into being part of the stage crew that... Uh, so I spent a lot of my time backstage there. And I, I bet you guys got a lot of action. We, we would I, sometimes play lesson. magic cards. And- <laughs> I learned my lesson. The next year, I was in the band. Yeah, yeah, that's the best. Yeah. But my God, that was that was a hard thing to bounce back from. We had a social when I was in year nine, and I, I went. I sort of had longish hair, as longish as I was allowed at my school. This is from the guy who just said, "Oh, you just go barefoot at yeah, school. Yeah. That'll be fine." Yeah. 
I don't know why I did this. Because I did art and stuff at school. I, I was constantly in the art room. And I think just that afternoon, I, I got a bottle and I filled it with some red vegetable dye. And then went home and dyed my hair bright red. <laughs> what? And it looked... <laughs> Amazing. No, it like, didn't. No, it did. It actually genuinely looked amazing. Like it was a bright, vivid red. Awesome. And then the next day, <laughs> when I got up and I had a shower, it went pink. And yeah. it remained <laughs> pink for uh, the next couple of months. So you went from looking like Raggedy Andy yeah. to looking like Strawberry Shortcake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't barefoot, though, at the social. See, all, you're all nothing but talk. Yeah. I don't think it was that much of an issue for me to wear school shoes because I would, I would just wear Doc Martens to school. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, see, I got those later. Yeah. I think I, I worked that out early is you can, you can get away with wearing your school shoes um, on weekends and, and evenings if you're wearing Doc Martens. Yeah, yellow, yeah. Those, that yellow trim. Yeah. And, yeah, smart. That's yeah. smart. See, I had Clarks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were a poor family. Did they, did they leave the dog footprint as you, as you walked through <laughs> well, soft sand? Hush puppies. <laughs> I didn't have hush puppies. Fuck you guys. So we were all pretty successful at the uh, school social there. What, what did you wear to, on your feet at school, Chris? Well, sandals and socks? Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, rock the boat. So um, whatever the majority. Uh, Chris went to school on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a brand new baby at your house who needs changing every minute or two. Fresh diapers delivered right to your door. Best thing for baby and you. Do you know, Chris and I actually uh, met at school, Mark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, did and this is a true story. Did I the first thing I ever said to Chris when I met him at school? Chris and I were both in a uh, a play or a musical or something at school, and he was he was a, a, a little bit older than me, and I'd been there five minutes and didn't know anybody. I was walking around the corridors on a weekend, and I, I ran into Chris, and the first thing I said to him was, "Are you a teacher or a student?" <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's that's true. That is a true story. He would have been year twelve, isn't? It? And everyone looked like an adult to me because yeah. I was tiny and horrible. Yeah. Oh. And Chris looked bemused. I don't think Chris answered the question. I think he looked quite rightly looked at me like I was an idiot and walked away. Because I can't remember that at all. Yeah, of course not. Why would you? Um, I remember it though. And then years later, I remember, oh, that's the kid who I thought was a teacher. <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing. Did you, did you actually accidentally call him mum at one point? <laughs> I may have given him homework. A lot of the things that I was thinking about talking about, I went, probably some people would sue me now. Mm. For these the stories, mainly the school. There yeah. are things. There are things I could tell you about how um, we were prepared for the school social that you know the media would love to know. Um, but um, were you groomed? Uh, <laughs> oh dear! So don't get a sued. No. Uh, and the other thing I realised was uh, I just I know a lot of teachers, and uh, yeah. so you know you know about it's teachers too much. I mean, when, when I was older, um, I was in a band straight out of school and like I was sort of an adult then, like 17 or 18, playing keyboards. Wow. Yeah, yeah. My first band. And uh, some of the teachers uh, who knew me uh, came to a gig and that's as much of that story as I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and then you became a teacher. I did. A terrible example to what children. <laughs> you were like Michelle Pfeiffer in that movie. Because I, I actually quite enjoyed teaching. Yeah. 
I, I, I was like a sessional teacher, so I only had kids like one-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-three. I never had big classrooms where you're just a traffic cop just yelling at kids, like, just colour the fuck in. <laughs> I wasn't like that. I was a guy who was literally interacting, teaching kids some stuff, and it was, it was quite rewarding. I did it for a long time. I had this kid, and he was a smart kid, but he just wouldn't talk. He was very monosyllabic. And... I'd read somewhere that often kids will doodle or you know, graffiti a textbook when they're listening to you, and that's often p- kids process things in a visual way. And so drawing while they're listening to you is a way for them to take in information. Mm. And so I saw this kid, I was talking to him, and he was doing that. And I thought, all right, I'm going ex- to engage with this kid. And I said, I need a name for this kid that isn't his. Martha. I said, Martha. <laughs> What are you drawing there on your on your your book? And for the first time, this kid just got this kind of animation to his face, and he said, "Ah, oh, I'm drawing a I'm drawing a picture of a half vampire, half robot." <laughs> and I went, "Uh huh." And what's uh, what's what's and what's what's this guy like? He said, "Oh, he's amazing. He needs blood to run his cells, his fuel cells, and so he hangs out in alleyways and he uses his." Uh, robots hydraulics to grab people and hold them and then suck their blood out of them because he and kill them because he needs them to you know fuel his cells and I said Martha that that sounds awful he sounds like a really terrible person and Martha thought about this for a while and looked a bit abashed and then said oh he likes cake <laughs> 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 and not I, so bad after all. Not so bad after all. Who could, who could hate a I half can, vampire, half robot who likes cake? I like cake. I can relate to him. There you go. Exactly. Right. He's relatable. I've I've heard Hitler liked cake. <laughs> uh, he's not so bad anymore, is he? He's a, he's a nicer guy. He's, nicer he's guy. humanized. Yeah, yeah. Humanized now. I got the giggles. When Martha told me that, I, I started laughing hysterically because the idea of a half vampire, half robot who likes cake made me laugh <laughs> In all sorts of directions, to the point where, like, the the class was just screwed. And every time I tried to get the class back on track, Martha, under his breath, would go, cake. (laughs) Because he knew it would make me laugh. What a bastard. Uh, Isn't that mean? So I I have a number of sort of anecdotes, memories, if you will, from my 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 school days. (laughs) You sound like you're gonna, and I'm gonna settle some scores. Here we go. It sounds like you're making a speech. Yeah, strap in, everybody. uh, This first one I've called sport. (laughs) My school made us all play inter-school sport, and I was put on the table tennis team. (laughs) He was the net. We had compulsory after-school training on Mondays. Staffed by a rotating roster of teachers who also didn't want to be there, which I would use as an opportunity to go down the street and smoke. One day, I ran into the teacher taking the training session down the street doing exactly the same thing. (laughs) We nodded at each other and nothing was ever said. Nice. nice. That's an education yeah. in and of itself. You learned. I learned that I had as much power over him then as he had over me. Yeah, nice. Years later, they were living together. (laughs) (laughs) I also learned that nobody took the table tennis team seriously. I have a a second um, sport memory. Yes. (laughs) You are Uh, the least sporty person. A lot of of my school memories are about sport. In PE, any swimming class we did always finished with 10 minutes of free time. 
I would use my free time to get out of the pool and go and get changed. (laughs) After a while, I was told that free time had to be spent in the pool. I replied that that didn't sound very free, then did it. (laughs) A lively and interesting debate ensued about the relative definition of freedom, which resulted in me never remembering to bring swimming gear to school ever again. Brilliant. That's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, as we mentioned before, um, James and I did go to a um, not a private boys' school. No, um, you know we would be often tarnished with the private boys' school, but we weren't private. No, none of none of our parents were rich, <laughs> frankly. But I um, had Clark's shoes. Yeah, that's right. I'd have Doctor Martins like other members of the band. That's, that's right. And most of our classrooms were intense. So um, very intense. Very intense. Uh, so um, or on a boat. But one of the things. Uh, well, Chris was the cabin boy. Yeah. Hey, come on. It was near the Yarra, though, so it could have been on a boat. Um, and uh, uh, I, I got into a conversation not that long ago, a few few months ago, with um, some people who were talking about the terrible um, bullying that used to go on with the uh, younger students. You know, mm. things like having having your books stolen and flushed down the toilet, or having mm. having being held down, having a head shaved and dickhead written on your on your on your head, um, like when I went to um, my other public school. Um, <laughs> and the most extreme thing I could remember was that when you were in year nine and you had your nice new uniform, and occasionally an older boy would come up to you and put his finger in the tag on the back of your tie. And rip it off. That was it. <laughs> it was, was called it was tagging. Tagging, that's right. And it happened wow. to me my first day of school. Yep, absolutely. If you weren't careful, somebody would come up and pull your tag off. Well, the bit at the front that holds the skinny bit. Yeah. yeah. It was annoying. Yeah, it was annoying. Yeah. And what, what people Hardly used violent. to do. Oh, then, then yeah, surely, right. surely then you just use a tie clip. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's not going to get you beaten up, is it? <laughs> Hello, chaps. Oh, you can't tag me. I've got a tie clip. Oh, dear. Just on you. Ha, ma, ma. And um, I remember the biggest bully that I knew in, in, in my year level, in year nine, um, who, you know, was pretty, pretty intimidating. We'd go around, do a bit of the old, bit of the old pull, your, pull your backpack off while you're walking and um, trip you over, slide your, your feet out from under you while you're walking along. Um, that at lunchtime he used to go down to the Oval and perform circus tricks with his friends. So, yeah, not the, not the scariest guy. We went to a bit of an intellectual school, Chris yeah. and I. We went to a, a bit of a – it was a school that, that, that did sort of uh, enjoy uh, a bit of education. And um, the, in terms of bullying, I remember uh, a group of older boys bullying a younger boy because he didn't know who Karl Marx was. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were sort of like, you know, most schools you get teased for being too smart. Our school you got teased for being too stupid. Yeah, yeah. And and the problem with that was that um, generally the only um, the only time that people who, who hadn't had to sit a test got into our school was because they were particularly good at a sport, mm. probably football. Mm. So you sort of had all these football kids who looked terrified. The jocks literally looked terrified in this school because... <laughs> they didn't know who Karl Marx yeah. was. <laughs> Your school sounds much better than mine. <laughs> Our school's actually pretty sweet. Yeah. We, um, there, was a, there was a guy who went to my school. I think this was in, it must have been in RE or something, because I can't think why else we would have been talking about foreskins in class. 
but <laughs> <laughs> sex ed, possibly, uh, yeah. possibly sex ed. Um, like, I, I don't think it was because I think that would have given the game away. Um, but a, a, a girl, you are a, having a whole conversation in your head, aren't you? Because oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. A girl in the class said, "What's a foreskin?" And this chap went, "Uh, foreskin," pointing to his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, he's not wrong. It's like, no, it's the skin on your forehead. forehead. I suppose. Uh, that's my favourite bit. It's more forehead skin, but you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's nitpicky, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. You should uh, you should bring that up because I found an article on the on the internet um, that I found very interesting. Um, is that some private schools in Louisiana, religious schools that don't like to teach evolution, mm. have been using the Loch Ness monster, the existence of the Loch Ness monster. Yes, I've the heard this. Actually, proven existence to prove, yeah, that evolution can't possibly exist because mm. right. dinosaurs exist at the same time as man. Mm. Never mentioned in the Bible. No. But no. that's, I mean, that just an oversight. It's not like a giant fuck-off lizard is ever going to crop up in the writings of St. Peter. Yeah, that's right. So, um, Letter to the Corinthians. <laughs> Today I saw a fucking stegosaurus. Well, St. Peter didn't spend a lot of time in Scotland. But, um, yeah, amazing. In the, you know, I guess it's Louisiana. I, maybe, maybe, this is, an, this is a, an approach that one could take about to the Bible, really, is, I mean, there's not any drawings in the Bible or pictures or anything like that. So maybe they were just highly evolved dinosaurs who wrote the Bible. Mm. That's I, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in a funny sort of way, it has just as much validity as anything else sure. on the internet. <laughs> yeah. I was actually thinking about people who believe in creationism and intelligent design the other day. And I, I'll be honest with you, for the first time ever, I actually felt a little bit sorry for them because I thought, sure, science has proved that there is such a thing as evolution. They've scientifically proven at least the theory of evolution. But nowadays, what science does is completely fuck with that. Like, yeah. that's now all science. So, all science goes, oh, yeah, there's evolution. If you don't believe in it, you're a dick. And then it goes, ah, oh, you can have a baby when you're 60. And, you know, you can choose the sex of your child. Well, oh, hang on. I mean, no wonder idiots get confused. Um, I, I thought we'd start uh, a new segment. Mm. That oh, yeah. I just oh, yeah. thought of. Okay. James's list of things. Great. Nice. You like that? Nice. Like Think of a theme song. Go. James's list of things. James's list of things. James has got some things to list. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That's, That's actually pretty good. That'll stay. Okay, so here's the first uh, James's list of things. Um, this is eight things that happened to me on my first day of school. <laughs> Number one, I did a wee and called it homework. <laughs> Number two, I accidentally called my teacher mum. Then I insisted he breastfeed me. <laughs> Number three, I caught the bus all by myself. Then I lay in wait to trap something bigger, like a truck <laughs> or a glider. Four, I cried because I missed my mum and also because some of the older boys had stapled a wren to my cheek. <laughs> Five... Mum left me a note in my lunchbox, which read, Your lunch is in a smaller boy's lunchbox. <laughs> now go get it. Six, I was asked to see the principal. Then I was asked to smell the principal. <laughs> then I was given some money. 
Seven, I learned that a compass could be something that helps you find north or it could be a thing you're stabbed with. Yep. And eight, and finally, I pretended to be Caligula during nap time. <laughs> <laughs> That's James's first list of things. It's a good list. It is an excellent list. Thank you very much. I thought of a list of two things, oh, um, yeah? which were words that, that I don't think I've ever heard outside of school. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. First word, quadrangle. Oh, yeah. oh, when yeah. have you ever heard the word quadrangle? The only thing I can think of is um, possibly when uh, uh, geometric scientists need to get a whole group of four-sided objects together in a pen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only time I can think that, that that in a sentence you could possibly use that. It, it is interesting to to, um, to wonder where that derives from though is it just a guy went I don't I can't think of the word for a four-sided object it's sort of four there are angles a quadrangle uh everybody go to the square yeah we we got this we got this space I suppose it's a courtyard but courtyard sounds a bit too elitist (laughs) yeah (laughs) the other the other word uh, did you guys have at your school a multi-purpose room yes yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's a room Every room is a multi-purpose room. A multi-purpose room, at least in our school, was a room that could be turned into a slightly larger room. Ah. <laughs> so there would there would often yeah. be like an accordion-style wall, like a sort of fake wall that could be folded away to make the room bigger or smaller, depending on what purpose the room was being used for. I'm starting. I, you know what? I, I want to bring those words back. Yeah. Like just round my workplace. <laughs> yep. I want to start referring to things as multi-purpose rooms and quadrangles. Yeah. Talk, talk about your call your office the multi-purpose room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's used for work and googling my own name. <laughs> Sometimes I nap or masturbate. Multi-purpose. Easter's coming. Easter's coming. Spring is in the air. Come in and let us show you. The latest Easter wear. Were you eager to go to school no. when you were younger? Oh, when I was Were younger. you like like yeah. the little kid that went, oh, really? I'm, that means I'm big and, you know, I'm growing up and I get to go to school and be with all my friends and do all that sort of stuff? My mother says that um, the first day I went to school, I was really excited and yeah. really happy and cool. And then the second day, she went to wake me up and I said, no, no, I don't think I'll go today. Yeah. And I hadn't understood that school, like I enjoyed the first day, but I thought, oh, today I'll just take a break. Maybe go back on Thursday or Friday. Too much of a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently I wasn't allowed to do that. And from there on in, disappointing. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, I think that's generally the experience is I think a lot of kids are very excited to go to school and then they spend the rest of their, their time trying to figure out how to get out of school. Um, uh, whether that is leaving early, whether that is wagging or skipping school. I know we have some American listeners. Uh, so, yeah, um, in Australia, we refer to it as wagging when you mm. take the day off. I know that at our school, again, because we were just basically a school full of nerds, um, there were uh, numerous kids who would put Judaism down on their um, nice. on their information form um, so they could take all the Jewish holidays. That's um, fucking brilliant. And uh, <laughs> including myself. And not that I always took the that's where Chris holidays. learnt what a foreskin was. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was there was this amazing uh, moment where a group of group of friends we were all we all went on the same train line to school, so we used to get together in the morning, and we didn't really want to go to school. And of course, you know, nobody wants to get in trouble for not being at school. You don't want your parents called. And it was it was on the train this one morning that we went. You know what? They only check the roll 
once at the start of the day. Mm. So we should just go to school, go to first period, get our names ticked off, and then piss off for the rest of the day. And after that point, we wagged quite a lot with absolutely no repercussions. Mm. Although one day, I remember coming back into English and having the English teacher come up to me and say, so what movie did you watch this morning? Because that's what we'd do when we wagged. Mm. We would go to the movies. Uh, she was in your head. Yeah. What so, movie had you watched? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, um, what was playing when Chris was at school? Gone with the Wind? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna get in there first. <laughs> Battleship Potemkin. <laughs> yeah, that's unfair. I think it was, it was just a, it was just an image of a train coming towards a camera. City lights. <laughs> Look, all I know is that we would go down to the parlor, and we would put our penny into the magic machine, and we would crank the handle, and you'd see eight seconds of a lady dancing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So this is um, the future. I put together sort of, uh, and, and probably in the mo- modern day, and certainly if you're at a school where there were less nerds, and you know, pr- pretty much the teachers knew that uh, when we took a day off, probably all of us felt like felt bad mm. and nervous that we w- about what we'd missed and that we'd have to try and catch up, and that was kind of the deterrent for us. Again, this is a very big difference between Chris and my school and every other school. Yeah. The idea that the students were worried that they might have missed a hole in their knowledge. Yeah. (laughs) I I put together a brief list for the the students of today um, about how to, how to, to get out of school. The first one is... Invent time travel so that you can go, you can do whatever you like, then come back to where you left off and uh, none the wiser. However, the only... uh, Brilliant. The only prerequisite of this technique is obviously that you need to acquire a deep knowledge of quantum physics and have a breakthrough discovery in the nature of the fabric of time, which may require yeah. you to go to school for longer. Um, the second way... Which um, could be easily solved with time travel. Exactly. So. Exactly. Um, the other way is obviously to clone yourself uh-huh. um, so that your clone can go to school and you can do whatever you like. Um, this re- would, would obviously require a deep knowledge of um, genetics um, and for you to make a breakthrough in discovery in genetic engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey... I mean, once you've done that, of course, you can clone all types of things, which is um, it's going to be pretty fun. You know what would help? Your life. You know what would help with that? Time machine. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, like, I'm liking number one. Imagine cloning a time machine. <laughs> imagine that. Yeah. Oh. And imagine sending your clones out through time. That's actually a good idea for a show. It's a good idea for a movie. It is. Called Terminator. Oh. Possibly. Oh, yeah. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. And imagine it was Chris. Imagine cloning Chris and sending him through time. And it's just all these historical dates and just Chris standing around with his, with his iPad. Oh, man. You just gave me a great idea for a movie. Okay. Um, and uh, the, third, the third one is to call in a bomb scare. Right? It's, right. it's easier. The pre, the really, the prerequisites, prerequisites are ba- ba- basic math, uh, number identification, fingers, and a working telephone. Fingers, and fingers. You, you do, well, you probably do need fingers. Maybe not. Who yeah, knows? Or a dialing wand. Yeah, maybe a dialing wand. <laughs> Who knows? But that actually, um, that literally, literally happened at my school, uh, is somebody decided to call in the bomb scare, actually three bomb scares. And when we'd been evacuated from the school- three fingers. <laughs> the third time, 
Uh, they just sent us all home because it was, what's the point? Somebody clearly doesn't want us in the building. So, uh, it was around the exam time. So, that may have had something to do with it. Um, may not have just been some guy who wanted to go to the movies. I like to think he went the whole way and actually made a bomb. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Prepared. Blew, you know. blew off two of his fingers. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but had left. one left. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And yeah. could count that high. Yeah. Handy. Number recognition. Safe to say it wasn't during the basic math number recognition exam. Uh, it may well have been. Um, There's someone absent from the dialing a phone number exam. <laughs> He's our suspect. Yeah. Could have also been someone from another school. Could have. Why, why would you do that? Because kids from other schools are all terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We haven't really had any hate from Chris wow. this episode. Well okay. done. Well Chris. done. Series two, off with a bat. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. People I don't know are terrorists by Chris Tompkins, the time-travelling clone. Yeah. It's <laughs> good. Chris Tompkins in Cloning Around. So that, that's pretty good. That's all right. That's all right. It's like Quantum Leap, but with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and it's happening simultaneously. I do. I totally have a movie for it. I like it. We have a new segment on Theatre of the World for Series 2, a segment I'm personally very excited about because it's called Ask Chris. Yep. Now, obviously, because uh, it's the start of the series, uh, you guys haven't had a chance, but the idea is people who are listening to this should ask Chris a question. He's the most learned member of the Man Bites God squad I've team. Got, I've got Google on my iPad. Good enough. Mm. Anyway, first episode of Ask Chris, and the question comes from me, James. Hello. In Melbourne. Uh, In Melbourne. (laughs) James, Melbourne. Age 14. (laughs) Indeterminable. (laughs) Chris, in this day and age, would you say that marriage is still relevant? No. And that's Ask Chris for this Episode of Theatre of the World. Amazing insight. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, thanks very much. Really cleared up. Foremost minds <laughs> of our generation. More memories from my time at school. Oh, yes. Oh, strap in. This one's called Sport 3. One term, one of my PE teachers decided that our class should split it up into teams for three-on-three basketball, and we would spend the term playing games against each other. Keep a ladder and have a grand final or something. My team was called the Milk Duds. By the end of the term, I was determined to be the strongest player on the team as I had nearly scored one basket. (laughs) History. I had a year seven history teacher who had been at the school since the 1970s. Every handout she gave us was a photocopy of a mimeograph of a typewritten document. I love, I love mimeograph. It's a great word. <laughs> it's a great word. Uh, Most of them still had Form 1 written on the top. Yeah. I had a part-time job at the time doing prescription deliveries for a pharmacy, and I once had to visit her house. Oh, what, what, what were you delivering? I don't know. Oh. Possibly estrogen. Yeah. Too young to uh, to know when you were in with some uh, good bribery material. Imagine yeah. the marks you could have got. I know. I know. What, what kind of chemist is using young boys to deliver well, their pharmaceutical I, drugs? Wrap your mind Mark? around that. That was a that was a regular thing for a 
13-year-old kid to do. Yeah. Just deliver time. drugs. Yeah, to get a job at a chemist riding, riding around the local suburbs with a bag full of prescription medication for people. What do you do? I'm a drug courier. Yeah. yeah. I'm Did a that- mule. Yeah, I was a mule for prescription medication. I was getting five bucks. Was it um, Gatto's Chemist? Do you remember? Was it something, something <laughs> it was like that? It was yeah, mostly. Yeah, right. You didn't have to deliver the drugs in balloons that you had to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> I had to secrete them, yeah. I might as well throw in a memory. <laughs> Look out, everyone. Chris has got a memory. I found a memory. Yes, um, in your brain. That when I was in primary school, quite young, naive. I, Still uh, naive. I yeah, was, older now. <laughs> my uncle had come to visit. My mum had left him with the um, responsibility of dropping me off at school. Mm. And as it turned out, he forgot to put my lunch in my lunchbox. So when I turned up for school, I had no lunch in my lunchbox. Like a terrible magic trick. uh, (laughs) So when when I'd realised that I had no lunch in my lunchbox, (laughs) it was uh, show and tell time. And I took a rubbish bin... (laughs) And I brought it up and I said, this rubbish bin is where I'm going to be getting my lunch today because my mum didn't give me any lunch. And all the kids gave me sandwiches and things and and chips and stuff and then my uncle turned up with my lunch and it was very embarrassing. But it was where I learned how to be pathetic. You go, I'm going to eat my lunch out of a bin today and people give you a sandwich. I've often wondered where Chris learned to be pathetic. Every time we do a podcast, another little piece falls into place. I thought it was the skill he was born with. No, uh, clearly. Clearly can be learned. Yeah, nature versus nurture. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Tompkins, ladies and gentlemen, pathetic. <laughs> this is a sequel to something that we did in Series 1, Episode 2. Uh, I read a story called The Teachings of the Dalai Lama. He's a real lama. And uh, I would like to read Lesson 2. Can we have some music under this? Sure. Why don't we have exactly the same music that was under the first part? Lazy. I like it. The teachings of the Dalai Lama. Yes, real Lama. Lesson two. Many animals would climb the great summit to the top of its snowy peak to visit the Dalai Lama. Some came to ask advice or seek spiritual truth. Some came for autographs and mobile phone pictures. And a few just wanted direction to Carl's karaoke cabin, which was nearby. Incidentally, the few brave travellers who would make it as far as Carl's karaoke cabin would usually pass out from a combination of exhaustion and the thin mountain air halfway through the first verse of Stairway to Heaven. Carl, who was a panda, would rob his unconscious guests before attaching their bodies to tiny toboggans and pushing them back down the mountain. No one ever pressed any charges because people were either too disorientated to remember anything or they ploughed into a tree at terrifying speed and were killed instantly stone dead. (laughs) This is how how Carl the Panda made all of his money and why he was able to have his fur teased, afroed and crimped on a regular basis as the mood took him. But I digress. Today there were three tiny creatures sitting on little rocks in front of the Dalai Lama, keen to learn all that he could teach them. We are the most holy of all animals. We are chipmunks, said Charlie Chipmunk, and solemnly drew his little paw over his furry body in the shape of a cross. Lucky you are not chip friars, <laughs> said, the car- said the Dalai Lama quietly, and then wheezed violently. It was several seconds before they realised he was laughing and not about to die, and they put away their tiny portable heart paddles. We have heard the chip friar joke, squeaked Chester Chipmunk. <laughs> 
We are here to learn. Yes, said Chet Chipmunk unnecessarily. And once again, Chester and Charlie silently wondered why they kept inviting him on their spiritual weekend retreat. The Dalai Lama spoke so quietly that the chipmunks had to strain their heads forward to hear him. And he spoke so slowly that often seconds would pass between syllables. And at one stage, Chester fell asleep and slid off his rock. You believe in a soul and an afterlife, said the Dalai Lama. But you are yet to understand that your earthly body is merely a vessel and that your concept of physical presence is a comfortable illusion. You must throw off this belief if you are to truly embrace the spiritual life. Yes, said Chet Chipmunk pointlessly, and Chester rolled his eyes and silently resisted the urge to strangle him with his own whiskers. But how? asked Charlie. I fast, said the llama. I'm pretty quick myself, said Chet, and Chester smacked him on the back of the head. I have been without food of any kind for the last four days. The body soon realises it no longer needs these earthly distractions, and my only nourishment comes from the universe itself. Um, we have to head back to the chipmunk tour bus by five o'clock or we lose our deposit, said Charlie sadly. Isn't there a quicker way? The llama pointed a woolly hoof at a pit of glowing red-hot coals near where they were sitting and said simply, If you can walk across the pit of hot coals, then you will be one step closer to understanding. You must tell yourself that the pain you feel is merely an earthly distraction, and therefore, an illusion. Okie dokie, said Chester, Charlie and Chet, in unison, and they all set off to walk across the hot coals. When Chester, who had slightly hairier little paws than the other two, set them down on the hot coals, they instantly fused his feet to the ground, and he was stuck flailing and screaming, helplessly, unable to move. He just had time to look down and see the white bones of his own charred and sizzling ankles and smell his boiling blood before sliding off his flame-splintered legs and into the consuming hot coals. Charlie made it a little further. But the unbearable agony he felt was so disorientating that he quickly forgot the direction he was supposed to take and instead walked in sad circles until he passed out and his tiny face and body crashed to the pit floor and were hideously scarred and maimed, his skull breaking open to reveal his brains slowly simmering inside. Chet made it all the way to the end of the pit, but he had forgotten the rules and happily kept walking until he walked right over the edge of the mountain. Fortuitously, he landed on a soft snowbank and would have been quite unharmed had he not been sliced in half by a toboggan carrying an unconscious karaoke singer which was hurtling down the mountainside. Later, the Dalai Lama finished the last delicious mouthful of tandoori-style chipmunk and silently gave thanks to the universe for once again providing his body with all the nourishment he needed while he fasted. He thoughtfully picked a piece of Chester out of his teeth using one of Charlie's ribs, and daintily dabbed at the corners of his mouth with his yellow llama robes. The end. That llama is a bastard. He's a cunt. I hate that llama. What a cunt. Do we have anything else? No. Home time. Home time. (laughs) Home time. (laughs) Home time. Ring the bell. We should have a bell. (gasps) Let's have a bell. Okay. Okay, ready? Wait, 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 wait. That's the bell. That's about pens down. It's home time. Yeah. That does it for our back to school episode of Theatre of the World. I'm James. I'm Mark. And I'm Chris. And if you like this, subscribe to us on the iTunes or go to our website, theatreoftheworld.com, or ask questions of Chris. Yeah. And yeah. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Find episodes and more at theatreoftheworld.com. My name Chris. Mark. James. Yeah, it looks about it. Chris. Chris. That's our intro, isn't it? It's good Chris. Intro. We're live? <laughs> Are we live? There's editing, uh, right? Let's all actually. This is Man Bites God. This is.